So you've got a podcast or an idea for a podcast or no ideas yet, but you want to start a podcast. Whatever stage you're at, G Media Solutions is here to help you take your podcast to the next level. We are a podcast production company based in Atlanta that specializes in audio recording, video live streaming, and all the elements you need to make your podcast thrive. To fulfill your podcast needs, contact us on Facebook and or Instagram at G Media ATL. Before the start of this episode, I wanted to tell you about another podcast that I am producing for my friend Aisha. It's called the Botanica Podcast. I wonder what she thinks of that pronunciation. But anyway, <laughs> uh, here's a trailer for the podcast. You can subscribe to it uh, anywhere you get your podcast, just like ours. Here it is. Oh, Welcome to the Botanica Podcast. This is your host, Aisha. Listen in as we discuss topics like love, health, sex, relationships, and even alternative medicine. We stream live every Sunday at 8 on Facebook. Listen to the Botanica Podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to stop by our Botanica every Sunday. We have a lot to share. There's another podcast I want to tell you guys about. It's called The Barber and the Bartender. There's a barber, there's a bartender, and they talk about pop culture, sports, music. And of course, because one of them's a bartender, there's going to be a drink of the day and he'll give you a little history on different libations. So uh, tune into The Barber and the Bartender on Spotify, Apple Podcast. They're on Facebook. Here's the trailer for their podcast. Come to my chair, you catch a bait or get a taste. This shit gonna hurt tomorrow. Mm-mm. But it tastes good today. It's gonna hurt right now. I'm at the bar mixing up drinks and conversation. Yeah, no, I'm just a part-time dirtbag. Don't do that. You're a superstar. Yeah, we the ones you talk to and we your favorite. I'm a barber. You know what I'm saying? Niggas, got their, niggas got their permanent hair, I know. You know what I'm saying? Said I said that's my hero. You gonna hold the, 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 the perm? First of all, niggas that have nappy hair, put permanent hair, have baby hair. It's the barber and the bartender, the best podcast in the nation. Man, I have more hair. Hey, get done. Get done. Get done. Cheers! Welcome back to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg, and if you hear some background music, we are doing a throwback episode for this week. We're going back to episode 79. It's titled Greg Doesn't Do Enough for the Culture, in which we discuss the film Straight Out of Compton. We had Eric on for this one. I remember this one uh, being recorded at my old apartment. And uh, got into the discussion about the film and how I may not do enough to contribute to the culture or or to push the culture forward uh, because I was uh, pretty critical of this film. And you'll hear the reasons why. So we get into that. I thought about doing this episode as a throwback also because of our recent unpopular opinions episode I called NWA overrated. I kind of stand by that. And um, uh, with the, the roots of that criticism uh, probably came about in this episode. I don't hate them at all. 
uh, I just think the how people view them may be a little overstated. So that's kind of how I how I put it. But you'll you'll hear my reasons, especially how this film was produced and um, how my view and experience went compared to uh, Eric and Ben. So I uh, hope you enjoy this discussion. And if you have any thoughts about it, you know where to find us. So uh, enjoy this throwback episode about the film straight out of Compton. And we'll be back with some new content very soon. Peace. If you follow uh, our Instagram page, you'll see that this we were going to be discussing the film straight out of Compton. Um, I've mentioned how much. Uh, well, I mentioned that I, I didn't I didn't like it <laughs> pretty much. Basically, I didn't like the film. Uh, so I. um uh, when Ben when Ben uh, came here, he had, he had been he had gone to Subway. He had got the Doritos Blaze chips. Oh, they're awful! Uh, <laughs> and uh, he he still ate the whole bag. <laughs> no, no, I ate like four, and then oh, I was okay. like, I don't care if I paid for them. I'm not gonna eat. Wow. I thought I thought you still tried to muscle them down. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna try. You don't want to waste food, but mm. they were just so bad. Man, you got to do it for Peter Dinklage, man. <laughs> he wrapped the whole verse. Oh God, he did. Eat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that was that. It's a weird type of spicy. It's so weird. Like, it's not. Yeah, it's just a weird type of spicy. So trying to eat Blaze chips is uh, what it was for me watching this film. Oh, the second God. Time. Uh, so, yeah. It we're hurt your discuss- tongue? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to discuss it. Uh, so before getting to, like, whatever. Um, I, I'm not trying to bash the movie. Okay. It's, it's rare enough that. Um, Films with a majority black cast uh, even get made. Get, get made, basically. <laughs> um, and I know people wanted to support it so much because um, people connected to NWA. And what people don't realize is, like, Dr. Dre became a big star after NWA. Ice Cube, a big star. Mm-hmm. Um this as the the group itself made what two and a half albums Rough, <laughs> roughly <yeah. laughs> Something like, that, yeah. like their run together was very very short um but i understand like as them for uh, as a group with their music i understand it's it's the um the influence that they had and basically uh, they did for the West Coast what we would say that Outkast did for the South. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, because the only at the time the only rap anyone was listening to was coming out of New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and it didn't have an edge, not like right. this. <clears throat> yeah, right. It was about you know I went to the hat store today and I bought myself a rap it a rap 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 tastic. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, so I'll start with with you, Eric. Like as far as like the film, what was like your your first impression after watching it? I really enjoyed it. Um, I do have to say the circumstances in which I watched it. Um, I watched it maybe a month early. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, it was this big thing. Um, 
Tanisha was my new girlfriend, and she had all the movie hookups. Uh, so she hooked nice. me up with, uh, you know, to go see the screener of uh, Straight Outta Compton. Great trailer. Whatever. Anyway, point is, F. Gary Gray was there. Oh. Ice Cube was there. Oh. Uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. O'Shea Jr. Jr. <laughs> yep. Um, was uh, this in Atlanta? This was in Atlanta. Nice. At, at Atlantic Station. Uh, oh. The actor who plays Eazy-E was there. Uh, Jason Mitchell. Jason Mitchell, exactly. Uh, from King Kong as well. Uh, and the dude who disappeared on The Walking Dead, uh, Dr. Dre, he was there as well. Oh, the the new Jack Black Bauer. Jack yeah, new Jack Bauer. <laughs> That's been canceled already, right? Yeah. yeah. Thought so. Anyway. I don't, I don't think they even finished the season. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think so. But anyway, all of them were there. They all showed up. Like, surprise mm-hmm. showed up after the movie. So that really affected my uh, outlook of the movie. Just like mm-hmm. people who see Star Wars, like, you know, two weeks ahead. They're going to love it more than everybody else yeah. but um i didn't have much of a reference for nwa i knew they existed but i can't say mm-hmm. i grew up with them yeah i more so grew up in the era of tupac and biggie mm-hmm. so a little bit before my time but um i really enjoyed the movie the direction was great i still think that's true um as far as the accuracy of the movie i know there's some uh discrepancies <laughs> about it or so i've heard um <laughs> but as far as the story you know first act is better than the second by far but it was it was a fun ride uh, ben, what about you? The music is what really got me. So it was a bunch of songs. So kind of like you, I wasn't all that familiar with them. I knew they were popular songs. I was more of an Ice Cube fan, believe it or not. Ice Cube and uh, West High Connection okay. um, growing up were two of my favorite rappers and rap groups. Um, and so as I'm watching the movie, every time a song from, you know, a song plays, I'm like, oh, snap, God, I love that song, you know? Um, especially when they got to, you know, No Vaseline. I'm like, oh, snap, I forgot about this song. Um, and, and on into the era of, you know, when Tupac shows up, when Snoop Dogg shows up. Um, so for me, I think that's what really, really made me like it. And on top of that, um, I just, I, I liked, I was entertained by it. You know, like, you, you're getting this view you know, like in the very beginning, Easy E's out running like a drug dealer. Like he's running into, how, you know, it's like you're. It it kind of starts right off the rip. You know, it doesn't really <laughs> try to build anything up. It's it starts action right off the rip, and then of course you, you're learning about Dr. Dre and you know him doing his DJ sets and everything. It's it's just really so. Yeah, I kind of liked it from start to finish, and then you just pepper the music in there. You know, that really kind of helped move it along for me. All right. Um... <laughs> Except I don't want to bash the movie. Bash it, yeah. <laughs> if that's your, what you want to do, I mean, it's your opinion. I, I don't. I don't really want to bash the movie. Like I understand the importance of it being made. I understand the importance of like the story being told, but it wasn't like it didn't feel complete because there was so much stuff that was missing, uh, stuff that was missed that was mentioned in passing. Uh, and then just being like watching it with uh, an actor mind and a writing <laughs> mind, there was some stuff that was like, this shouldn't get a laugh, but it does. At least for me, there were some like unintentionally funny moments. Okay. Um, one of them were when the names of things were mentioned, it had a moment. Like when. Uh, Dre gets arrested for just standing there and mm-hmm. Easy bailed him out. And he was t- talking about starting a record label. Like, if you had a record label, what would you call it? 
ruthless. <laughs> it's like, and then there's a scene where he is talking to Jerry Heller, um, like NWA. What was that? What was that? What does that stand for? No whites allowed. Niggas with attitude. <laughs> <laughs> so you saw a rainbow when things were mentioned, and then I mean, I mean we'll be jumping around on this, but even at the very end, yep. when Suge Knight asked Doctor, "What you gonna call your little bullshit?" Aftermath. <laughs> And for some reason, that's the last line of the film. Well, I will say this. I was like, so when he's sitting there composing, (laughs) like he didn't propose compose that. That's a part of the sample. I was like, that's kind of a cop out, but but I try not to look at it like that. Like I try to look at it overall. You know, I thought everyone played their roles well. I thought the guy who played Easy E looked just like Easy E. And I think the thing was with. The way that Dr. Drake produces, mm-hmm. he does, he he clearly sampled, but mm-hmm. instead of just using the record, he would use instruments to play those. Mm-hmm. So I think he was just trying to play it. Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah, figured. But it just, like, I was just like, wait, that's, like, I don't want them to think it was like how, you know, like, they're, he he's composing, like, oh, it's not a sample. He put that in there. Like, no, it's a sample. It's And it's okay. It's nothing wrong with sampling. I'm not one of, you know, those people who are like that. Um, I will say, so one thing that did, I liked and I didn't like was the quote unquote white knighting of Jerry Heller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do I think it's cool that you have this, you know, this guy who comes along and sees the potential here and gives them a shot? I think that's really cool because a lot of people, you know, a lot of people run away from the fire. He ran towards it, so to speak. But then the scene, and we were talking about this, the scene where they're outside of the recording studio and the cop messes with them. And, like, all of a sudden, like, Jerry learns what the racism is. <laughs> that was the funniest scene to me. Like, it was it was poignant, and I know it was, it was supposed to be an important scene, and I get it, you know. And all respect to Paul Giamatti, who is, I mean, you probably agree, who is a great actor. Yeah. Um, but... There was, I'm going to assume that was probably one of the unintentionally funny scenes. Yeah. Like, they meant well in that scene. But, like, it was like, oh, my. It's like he went home that day and was like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're doing this. <laughs> like, they were just standing outside of the recording studio and they accosted them. They were just standing there eating hamburgers and the cops just walked up to the rest. And, and I was like, what did they do? And they couldn't tell me. <laughs> like, he's telling his friends and it's just like. And I and I get it. Like that was supposed to. That was probably supposed to be like, all right, guys, this is going to be the scene that changes the tide of the movie. <laughs> and just there is so much unintentional comedy there. And I I love the scene for all of those reasons. I'm still imagining the conversation Jerry Heller is having with his friends. It's like it's like they were just standing there eating hamburgers. Well, well maybe they were doing something criminal because were you outside with them? Maybe they were doing they weren't doing anything. But we were just we, they were recording a song and then they went outside to take a break because they had they just got these hamburgers. Well, did they buy it. the hamburgers? Yes, yeah. they bought the hamburgers. Yes, I gave them money. <laughs> I said I was gonna. I, I said I'm gonna buy, buy you guys lunch today because you're working so hard. And they said, "Well, we want fat burger." So that's where we went, and that's all they were doing. And I don't and understand. This- and then the police are like, well, "Is it a crime to eat fat burger while standing on the sidewalk in Torrance?" Or well, I mean, you know, and, and they're such talented young men. You know, they don't deserve this. 
They don't do this. I do like his friends are like still trying to convince him that they might have done, done something, something wrong. <laughs> and he does he's not friends with them anymore. He's just like, I guess I, I gotta find new friends and he So I mean yeah, that's and I know that scene was supposed to be important, but it was just really funny. <laughs> I mean the the way I saw it, as far as like in the entirety of the film is to make you, I mean, I could be wrong in my assessment, is to make you trust Jerry Heller and to give yeah. the, the yeah. guys reasons to trust him. And then, you know, when you find out he's doing something wrong, which is totally unrelated to, like, racism and cops and shit, yeah. it uh, it makes it, you know, uh, I don't know, it paints a full picture, I guess. Um, and also, I think it, it makes sure that all the characters are, like, three-dimensional. Mm-hmm. To a certain extent, of course, they didn't show everybody's bad side. But most of the characters had a, a little bit side. of a bad side, you know. You know, Dr. Drake might have been a little bit of a womanizer, mm-hmm. as, you know, as far as portrayed by the film. But everybody had their good and bad sides in the movie. And I think that was like Jerry Heller's like, oh, he's, you know, a decent guy. This is why you should trust him. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, it's like, oh, I can't believe Jerry did that. But to us. were the cops three-dimensional? No, not at all. But I mean, are <laughs> the cops like- three-dimensional to the public? <laughs> to the American public? It was like, no. The cops are... The the cops were unreasonable the whole throughout the whole movie. Yeah, <laughs> every scene. So thinking about Detroit, completely yeah. unreasonable. <laughs> Can't play that song. Like, yeah, I feel like that would have been like somewhere in the South, somewhere in Texas, where you can't, where, well, you where see, someone would was, say you can't play that song. But they went with Detroit. You got to think though. This is before Detroit went bankrupt. So. Yeah. <laughs> So back then, Detroit was probably a decent place. Like, hey, you know, we got some uh, Marvin Gaye and some Motown and hot cha cha cha. Don't come in here with that, you know, that noise. And- okay, yeah, I can see that. All right, uh, these are some notes that I made. Um, when the characters are introduced, so, you know, they got their little title card. I like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you could kind of feel like what characters were going to matter. Even like with the promotion, it was mostly Q. E. Dre. Yeah. Uh, Red never had any seeds like no. to where we found out anything about him. Yeah. Um, I think the version I watched recently was maybe a director's cut or okay. so I had some bonus scenes because I knew what DJ Yella ended up doing, but there was no <laughs> reference to it the first time I saw the film. Oh, okay. But in when I watched it a second time, there was like a bonus scene like, okay. What did, did he do? He ended up being a porn director. Oh, I had what? no idea. I had no idea. I didn't. Uh, like right. in the in the 90s after NWA was no more, that's what he ended up. Like he was still making music, but he was also directing hmm. porn. But that paid the bills. That <laughs> <laughs> If you look at it, according to the Wikipedia, he's made over 300 films it's a lucrative business they just say he's a film director they don't want to cop to what he really is well it would have said adult film director but i i want to make it legit he's probably directed some like legit direct-to-video movies well they're probably all (laughs) (laughs) directed but uh they did they did make a reference uh uh to that with with dj yella that um he ended up doing it was a scene where he (laughs) Uh, they're on tour. It was like during the first tour. He's just watching porn on the bus, hmm. and while everyone's asleep, like with the it said, like he's watching porn on the bus. Everyone else is asleep, but DJ Red is sitting like the other side of the aisle trying to write. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, <this is laughs> they're just like, like 
yo, are you just are you just watching porn right now? Like yeah, the volume man. was way up and yeah. everything. <laughs> <laughs> no shame. <laughs> so, uh, so they referenced that. Um, the scene on the with Ice Cube on the bus uh, at the on the school bus. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what is not a lot is made of, I guess, of is that. Was it only Ice Cube that like went to school? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Like, I mean, is he the only one, only group member who maybe didn't drop out yeah, of high they, school they or something? Had dropped out by then. I don't know. And he went to the good school. It's like he he went to the other side of town <laughs> for school. Um, the scene with like it just jumped out to me. The scene where with the motorbikes, it was like a establishing shot or whatever. Okay, there might have been motorbikes in 1986, but <laughs> I it just it just didn't make sense to me that particular. And then the song sounded like it came out like that year, like in 2015. <laughs> oh yeah, there there were some songs from the uh, Compton Dr. Dre's Compton soundtrack. In okay, the movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, another thing I uh, wrote down uh, when Cube comes over to, I guess I was Jinx's house where Dre is sleeping on the couch, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's like, uh, he's like scratching and it's, um, I, I don't know how it's pronounced. I'll knifefish. It's this electro artist named Hashim and all knifefish. I remember it from it from, uh, Vice city. Um, it was on one of the, the radio stations, Okay, but with it being electro track is one of the most influential, uh, electro hip hop tracks ever but he's um it made me think of another electro artist who was popular at the time egyptian lover and it's like yeah. <laughs> man dr dre was like he's you know he started off doing electro and he evolved mm-hmm. egyptian lover did not no. like his songs still sound like that song he was scratching <laughs> like mm-hmm. egyptian lover was like probably a bigger artist at the time but he did not evolve. His songs still sound like that today. So yeah. it just made me think of that. Um, no one likes Lonzo. Uh, the owner of the, of the club, Alonzo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who oh, like, yeah. Everyone hates him. Yeah. But they still worked for him. Yeah, no, well. <laughs> and, of course, the real Lonzo uh, wanted, filed a lawsuit because he didn't like how he, he was betrayed. He was betrayed, yeah. yeah. Um, I wonder how tr- how true it was, though. Or was it just, you know, them controlling the narrative? Um, it had to, it had to be true. Well, I think it was true. They didn't like him. Yeah. But he gave them a job. I don't know. Wait, <laughs> on my stage, like, don't do this. So I just, I don't know. I just, I do wonder that though, because everyone has that, you know, you hear rappers like, oh, that teacher that never liked me yeah. was Lonzo, that teacher <laughs> that didn't believe in them. Uh, what do you think of, of Lonzo's depiction? Was it too over the top, or did it seem like, you know, maybe, I think it was maybe he was nice to them sometimes? I think it was <laughs> over the top. He's, I mean, we're all flawed. We're all good, and we're all bad. And I'm sure he had some good moments in him, but that didn't work well enough for the plot. So yeah. they just made him, you know, an annoying villain. Exactly. You needed a villain. Yeah. Other than the cops. Yeah. <laughs> Who are super villains. Yeah. You know, Dr. Doom over here. <laughs> um, I thought it was strange when they... Uh, uh, Cube wrote um, 
Boys in the Hood. Like, yeah. what's the name of the song? Um, and he wrote it for another group, which was okay to do at the time to write a song for another artist. Um, why do you think that's frowned upon today? What to write for other artists? Yeah, to for like for rappers to write for other artists for other rappers. Basically, it's, it's not frowned upon anymore. I mean, I, I think there was a period when it was, but when, you know, Meek Mill tried to expose Drake, that period had already left us mm-hmm. at least by five years. I mean, well, I think that's what it was before rappers were right for other yeah. artists. Like, um, I, I, if anyone knows who these people are, but like Tone Loke's two biggest songs or two only songs that anyone knows <laughs> were written by Young MC. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Ice Cube wrote. I feel like he wrote everything. Yeah, I'm uh, pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, but he he wrote everything for for NWA. And like at the time, you know, it's you. It was looked at as songwriting. You writing a, a song for another artist, it may better fit their voice or yeah. or for a, a certain producer or something like that. But it seemed like as time went on, like if you didn't write your own rhymes, you're not a real rapper. I guess because this is the the origin of gangster rap. I mean, it's the origin of NWA, but it's also the origin of gangster rap. And gangster rap is all about authenticity. Mm-hmm. And then, what I mean, you that, you know, it's like, oh, you really didn't, you know, bust gats or, you know, whatever. And mm-hmm. you, oh, you didn't even write these words. You're, you know, fake as shit. And I think that's what it is. And now, uh, people don't care again. I mean, honestly, <laughs> no, yeah, ga- no, gangster rap has gone away too, for the yeah. most part. I mean, there's still, you know, 21 Savage and stuff like that, but people don't care who writes shit anymore again. They just care about vibrations. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, I do too. I don't, I don't, I don't really give a shit. Um, when, when they, well, the scene where they made boys in the hood and Dre had to put in each line individually. I thought it was weird that it seemed like, uh, he was easily convinced to do the song. <laughs> it took like five seconds. More so than probably happened in real life. <laughs> Uh, and considering he had never rapped before, yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is weird because you're in a rap group. Like it's like, well, he was brought in, like he had the money. Yeah, he got the you know the studio time. He paid for that, so he was looking at himself like he said, like I'm the Barry Gordy of this shit. Mm-hmm. So he saw himself just being you know a record executive. But and they were like, you're the face, though. You're like, like, well, why don't you why don't you do the song? Like the song's about you. Yeah. Um. So they convinced him to do it, and I I think he he was easily convinced that you know that uh, to do it. I thought that was kind of weird. I think it's just a pacing thing. It's just like <laughs> we don't want to waste time on this. Um, <laughs> he did the song. Uh, oh, I wrote again. No one likes Lonzo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wrote down Paul Giamatti looks like Mr. Drummond like five mm. minutes before they made a reference to Mr. Drummond. Nice. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, while I wrote the names of things, had dramatic moments, ruthless. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it seemed like, like, okay, he had never rapped before and suddenly he's a front man and he learned to rap in like five minutes. (laughs) No, no montage. No, (laughs) you're right. Yeah. He he tried it. He tried it like three times. I'm like, man, just picture you're in the six, four, man. You're you're thinking about it. Cruising down the street in my six, four. Whoa. He's, that was dope. 
all right, we got 59 more lines to go. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, when I, the first time I heard that he did that, I was like, that had to be mind-numbing for Dr. Dre. Yeah. Like, that had to be the most annoying thing. He was like, man, I swear to God, this one become a hit. Like, this don't become a hit. I'm going to shoot this man. I'm going to kill him before he dies of AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, um, like, that's, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, what did I have uh, here also? Okay, anytime they were doing a song and they cut to Jerry Heller singing along to the lyrics, I cringed. Why? He was just, he was that supportive dad. That's supportive. <laughs> Those are my boys. <laughs> I cringed every time. I mean, I'm sure he probably did it, but still. Um, He's probably their biggest supporter. <laughs> the scene where uh, in the hotel room and the guy comes looking for his girlfriend. Oh, that was hilarious. Her name was Felicia. <laughs> and then when they kicked her out of the hotel yeah. room, they said, bye, Felicia. I was like, really? Yeah. I read that he improvised that line. That was not written. He improvised it. Well, I read, um, this could be a fake news. I read that her name was actually Felicia. Mm-hmm. I also read that. If the actor's real name is Felicia, okay. That's what I heard. I don't know. But <laughs> still say bye, Felicia. Hey, <laughs> it's one of those theater still, moments, bye, man. Felicia. Yeah. Because that's where he got the line. Because they, clearly they showed him writing Friday. At the end of the movie, it's just like he's like, "Bye, Felicia." I remember when I kept that girl at the room. What did I say? What did I say? It's just one of those like crowd pleasing moments, yeah. just like in any Marvel movie. Like, oh, I know that thing. I That's bet you, like is. people, did people scream in the theater? Yes. Like, Bye, Felicia. Like, ah, I scream too, though. I'm not gonna front for you guys. Oh, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. Oh, E. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Uh, what? There's a scene where they're like, "Where's the crowd like steamrolling?" copies of straight out of Compton. Yeah. I just wrote that's the same as burning jerseys. Yeah. Like they and they've already got your money and yeah. then right then Easy E said <laughs> like they've already sure. already paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> like exactly. So there were some moments I, I agreed with, okay? That wasn't a complete He's coming plus. around people. He's coming around. Yeah. Yeah. They they might get a D plus in this um <laughs> uh Hey, this is the highest grossing biopic. Ever. Higher than Walk the Line. It beat Walk the Line's record. Anyway. Um, <laughs> have, have you seen Walk the Line, right? No. You need to see. Maybe he don't like movies. Maybe you right. He doesn't. He doesn't. Walk the Line is it's dark. It's not just the black ones. You need to see that. That's dark. Don't say dark. You might not watch it. I mean, it's good. It's, <laughs> it's bright, man. It's like, you know, happy and stuff. Johnny Cash of the Happy Life. I don't know if you know. <laughs> I've seen I've seen parts of Walk the Line. I think it was up to the part where then he tried to have like a gospel band. I, it's and been it wasn't years working since I've seen it. <laughs> so like they tried one of his original songs. Like they were doing gospel songs and it just sounded weird because of his distinctive voice. Yeah. So they tried a song that he wrote and the engineer whatever, oh that sounds really good. And then so they just did a bunch of other of his songs. Uh. <laughs> It, you know, I, just, I saw like up to that part. Yeah, it's not that dark, but it is very good. You should see it. It's it's just parts of it are disturbing. He had the hard life. But back to this. Um, this is this beat that movie though, Greg. This is, okay. That's how good this movie was. All right, I'll, I'll take your word for it. Vince <laughs> Greg. Uh, also, the highest great uh, highest grossing R rated movie until Deadpool came out. Yeah. You haven't seen Deadpool either, have you? I'm not. That doesn't surprise. That me, doesn't though. surprise me. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> it's funny though he was born to play that role but yeah um uh okay <laughs> tangents 
a scene where I felt like there was too much symbolism. There was a scene where E and Jerry are eating lobster, and then Cube comes in with mm-hmm. a burger, <laughs> talking about where's my buddy, or are we going to get paid or something? Yeah. Um, you could kind of tell at that point something's up. Yeah. Like, all right, he's he's avoiding. Let me handle this part of it. Like, okay, okay. And it felt like, like as far as the way it was, the movie looked. If Cube had only gotten what he deserved. What could NWA have been? Because like I said, they made two and a half albums. Mm-hmm. And once he left, that was... They were done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they even tried to... They only put like a couple of songs that he wasn't involved in as far as like any NWA songs yeah. that he didn't do at all. Well, you could kind of see like at that point, like when the talent walks out of the room, <laughs> not saying that Dre wasn't talented, but like it was like that's only one half of the equation. Yeah. Dre's not writing what, you know, Ice Cube writes. So speaking of writing, <clears throat> one of the funniest lines in the movie Rin's as good a writer as Cube, maybe even better. Yeah, that, that, I do remember. I think I kind of laughed at that one. I was like, there's no way Jerry believed that. I think he just say that to, yeah. to kind of like calm E, but he could not have possibly yeah. believed that. I think they would have. Uh, I mean, all groups break up, so they, they wouldn't have lasted long either way, I don't think. Maybe that's just me being a pessimist, but it would have been something else. Um. Uh, we were, uh, Suge popping up, uh, like I feel like he should have had like some some theme music, some ominous music played behind him every time he pops up. Who? Hold on, you, I'm sorry, I was reading. Every that. time Suge Knight pops up, yeah. I feel like the, some the Empire music, music from, uh, so, from Star Wars. So, have or, you seen Star Wars? I have not seen Star Wars because I have no interest in Star Wars. Okay, absolutely not. I know what you're talking about. You know the song. Yes. We all know the song. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. Um, I was thinking also the Jaws music. That's going yeah, yeah. <laughs> the um, the 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 scene at the end in the studio, or not the end, but it's towards the end where he like they beat the dude and he's just in his underwear. Yeah, what was that, man? Like I believe that all the way. Come on, I feel like that happened, but I was I was waiting for they're going to say like why or did he what he say? Yeah, did he do something. Oh, it's for fun. It's a Tuesday but night it beating. Never ca- like, <laughs> it was never explained. It's all, it was a Tuesday night beating. So, so you just find some dude and beat him. I was like, okay, so you're going to like pretend to sick a dog on him, but all he has to do for, for you to stop is to toast to death row? That's it? Like, Tuesday night. Like, I think he, he wouldn't have minded doing that. Yeah. Like, why'd you have to sick a dog on him? <laughs> And, and, that, and like you know, he's just sitting there in his underwear. Like I don't, I don't know. Drew's like, "This is the final straw." Like, <laughs> like what did like I? I just wonder. I just what I wanted that scene to be explained a little bit more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just it didn't. didn't I mean, if they explained it, maybe it would have made sense to you. And then the point of death row being like weirdos would have been lost on you. Because <laughs> I mean, I know they were like. You know, there was a lot of... I watched the Death Row Chronicles also recently. And I understand there was a lot of partying and am I doing a lot of, you know, um, random things. But that particular scene didn't make sense <laughs> because there there's no context to it. And then Dre just, like, loses... Mm-hmm. Uh, just loses it and he goes out and drives as fast as he possibly can. Well, no easy way out is playing. 
Um, but that, yeah, no, no, Shook was it was was menacing though in this in this movie, and I mean, I imagine it was probably like you know if they had a hand in this movie, that's probably the way they felt when he was around. You know, he, he bombed him like he's just like who are you? Yeah, it's like it's just this like you know larger than life, physically and you know personality wise. Uh, the kingpin, basically. Yeah, the kingpin. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You never know when he might go off and kill someone. Like, who wants to be around that? <laughs> uh, now, there was the scene where uh, Cube takes a bat to uh, Brian's office, uh, which did really happen. Uh, but the scene, like, right before he made No Vaseline, where he's talking to Brian. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brian's like, I want to play something for you. They played the, the Benedict Arnold line one time. <laughs> Like, are you sure that was enough? Like, maybe it was for time. Yeah. But I'm sure I don't think that's enough context for Ice Cube to be so upset to make no Vaseline. I don't think that's how it really happened. But I think just for time, it just seems weird because he heard them. It's like Benedict Arnold, and then he goes right into the studio. <laughs> I was just like, "What? Oh snap! Oh yeah, no Vaseline. Yeah." Um. It, and it's one of uh, no Vaseline ends up when it being one of those diss tracks to where uh, I think lately like some diss tracks are like a mystery yeah. like people have to like look for like is he talking about almost this almost always or three, yeah. oh, there is yeah. no doubt but for that mind. one yeah. there was yeah. no <laughs> there is no doubt yeah. no mystery yeah. as to what was going deaf, on deaf dumb and blind to not yeah. get that one um, yeah I guess I, I, I miss hearing diss tracks like that like just be like Straightforward. Who, who are you talking? What is yeah. this about? Well, Ice Cube did that. I mean, they had a disc record called King of the Hill on the West Side Connection album about Cypress Hill. Like, they didn't even <laughs> put their name in it. Like, part of their name in there. We we don't have time to, like, <laughs> be metaphorical No, right we now. don't. We don't. <laughs> um, uh, what else do I have here? So, uh, well, as far as no Vaseline, like, I don't think the word savage was used the way we use it today, mm-hmm. but it, yeah. he would be the definition of savage yeah. <laughs> with yeah, that yeah. song. Um, I would, I honestly yeah. think like if, yeah. if that dropped today, people might be like, that's too much, man. Like <laughs> <laughs> that man had a family. Like, that was, <laughs> like, I really think people would just be like, Oh my God, did, did he really just say that? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's that type of disc record. Um, the scene that I don't know, it's kind of weird, but to where uh, the, the lynch mob and Ruthless fought at the New Music Seminar. I don't know what the New Music <laughs> Seminar is. I feel like that's a cover for something. I don't know what that would have been, though. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, it wasn't um, A3C. No. Or, <laughs> you know, no, no. So it, I, it was uh, maybe it was something like that, but I just... It's got the, that's such a plain name. Yeah, it's a weird name. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sounds like they sell uh, timeshares or something. Uh, I don't know how much football you guys watch, but the scene where uh, uh, Jerry goes home and someone's standing like right in his yard, mm-hmm. uh, that is former NFL running back Thomas Jones. Uh, he used to play for the uh, he used to play for the Jets. Okay. And the Bears, I think. But... Um, 
Yeah, so that was, is that Thomas Jefferson? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, was Deep Cover really made like that? Was the song Deep Cover really made like that to where, like, Dre had this beat and then he meets Snoop for the first time and then he just, like, two minutes later, he's no. in the booth making Deep no. Cover? <laughs> Can't. No. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure half of that was, like, just the way they introduced, which I thought that was a great casting on Snoop but just he just walks up to him you're right hello hey all right song like, it's just like <laughs> yeah and it's just and I felt so I will say if anything and I you know maybe it was for time I do think that Snoop and Tupac were introduced and then just like they were rushed easter eggs yeah again, it was like, again were, just yeah. like Marvel movies where it's oh I know that thing yeah, yeah it, it was, was a, just it was rushed it was like oh yeah this too but he just stays in the studio He's he loves to yeah. work 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 and it's just like alright we'll find out anymore they were by Felicia's yeah that's what they were <laughs> um it was almost like Snoop Dogg it was almost <laughs> one of those scenes yeah. it, it almost felt like that like you uh, could have like Dre come out in the post credit scene like I'd like to talk to you about Death Row Records and like it's all of a sudden like <laughs> it teases like you know the Death Row movie or something. <laughs> uh, what was, um, I guess, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, who plays Snoop, uh, it was. It seemed like it was his own voice, because I haven't seen All Eyes on Me, but apparently that guy, the guy who played Snoop in that was lip syncing. Oh, okay. Hmm. And it was, like, very obvious, obvious? and yeah. weird. <laughs> Another reason not to see that movie. Um, well, save down. Okay. Well, as I said before in on, uh, previous episodes, if we got into these guys' personal lives, many things were left out. Like mm-hmm. we, I don't, I still don't know anything about MC Ren. Nope, nothing. No. Um, Was he involved in the making of the movie? No, probably not. I think he, I think he was upset. <laughs> on, then he on probably it, they probably you know did it out of respect. Then, like if you weren't involved, we won't share your dirty secrets or something. Did they share anyone's dirty secrets though? They shared Jerry's. <laughs> yeah, and they made Easy look a little dirty. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> they but he's made... dead. Uh, that was another note I had. Coughing is AIDS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but with, uh, like I said, just in passing, Michelle was mentioned, but she Dre she dated Dre, possibly for nine years. Mm-hmm. And she's an artist on the label, and she sang world class Wrecking Crew's most recognizable song, mm-hmm. and that's not mentioned at all. No, nope. uh, that's why that Lifetime movie was made. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and also the the D Barnes incident. Oh yeah, was not yep. mentioned at all. Of course not. Or maybe that was the assault that. Because it made it like, I agreed this with the second half of the movie made Dre look like a character in a romantic comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sees Nicole across the, you know, across the party. She was getting ready to leave. No, no, don't leave. (laughs) I mean, if the movie had those in it, the movie wouldn't have got made. It it just. Dre would have let that movie happen with any Michelet or D Barnes mentions. That's what I think. Um, but he let Eminem mention it in a song. Yeah. Where they're going at each other. Yeah. And Fucking, I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the whole uh, Apple deal. I know that was going going on around the time. Mm. So 
he really wanted and to keep then, himself like, a- squeaky clean. After the fact, after all the all the contracts have been signed, yeah. then Sorry. he says something. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, I can't remember what scene this was. This came from, but produ- oh, okay, I think it was uh, Easy E may have said this, or Jerry said this, but uh, I think it was as far as like the when the uh, when the Chronic was coming out, the scene with somebody said producers don't rap. Yeah, I was like, but E is a rapper who doesn't write. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I think he might. It might have been. He might have been the one who said that. Uh, but I thought. I thought that was that was weird. Uh, I did write that in the second half of the movie. Dre was in a separate movie, and it was a romantic comedy. Yeah. <laughs> um. Not enough was made of, especially when the chronic came out, of E and Dre going back and forth, like with. Um, I thought there would have been. I mean, not something you have to do, but as far as like the making of music videos uh, with Dre Day having someone play the Easy E character or Sleazy E in the video. <laughs> Clearly a shot at Easy E. And then Easy E made a song. I can't remember what song it is, but it was like his response to that. Mm-hmm. So, like them, like going back and forth, you know, and, and the film, it just made it look like. Uh, Easy was worried, like he felt everything coming apart because he doesn't have Cube, he doesn't have Dre anymore, but he's still trying to keep everything together. Mm-hmm. He still has to pay these artists. He's still trying to find ways to make money, or you know, maybe to satisfy them by paying them in weed <laughs> and thinking that's going to work. But you know, I think he felt everything coming apart, but not enough was made of the beef they actually had uh, because at the end when he died. Um, Dr. Dre did say, like, uh, in, a, in his behind the music, that he didn't get to talk to him, that he was he was unconscious, but he felt like he made his peace with him. That really did happen, but as far as them going back and f- it just made it seem like in the film that oh they just broke up and and they were all doing their own thing, mm-hmm. right. not that they were actually beefing with each other. Right. Um. Yeah, so that that's what I had, and then my my last note actually was coughing his AIDS. I just thought that was. <laughs> so, what do you think might have happened? So, you know, Easy E wants to kill Suge Knight. He tells Jerry we need to kill Suge Knight. Jerry says we fight with lawyers. What do you think could have happened if he actually did it though? That that's well, that was Jerry, a very Jerry Heller moment for actually me. said he regrets telling him that, telling him like not to do not it. to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe think he maybe he would have been better off if he had done it. Uh, maybe he could have gotten away with it. Wow. I don't yeah. know. I think that it might have made things worse. Like, Easy would have been murdered then, yeah. and Jerry Heller too, probably. Mm. It probably would have, you know, set off something like that. Um, That'd have been wild. But I remember yeah. thinking that, like, man, like how thing, how different might things have been if they would have gone through with that. And I think I remember you telling me that, that Jerry said he regretted doing that, telling him not to do it. Uh, I did realize a couple of things. <clears throat> in the scene where he, uh, Suge Knight and his goons beat up Eazy-E, mm-hmm. and the very first scene in the movie with Eazy-E, 
Man, he out here. He going out here by himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I heard that uh, he didn't really get beat up in the studio by Shug's goons on on some random ass YouTube videos. Listening to at work, so I don't know. <laughs> I can't I can't verify the validity of that. But uh, they say like that shit did not happen. And also with uh, Tupac being punked by Suge, they're like that. That's not really there. Again, I don't know. I wasn't around. Uh. Okay, it, okay. I do think that there was some intimidation, at least, involved yeah, for, sure. for him to release Dre from uh, from Ruthless. Mm-hmm. But either way, he's in there by himself. <laughs> and you see for, like, the rest of the movie, he has those two Samoan dudes <laughs> going everywhere with him. He learned Like, that. he was in, wasn't he at Jerry's house? And then, no, no, he was in, at, or at his own house. And he's talking to Jerry, and then he goes outside, and his two bodyguards come right with him. <laughs> so I, was, I was waiting, like, man, they they went, they literally went <laughs> with him. Uh, but those two scenes where he's like in there by himself, uh, I do think that he was a, a fearless person. Yeah. Um. But it's just it was just weird to see because he's he was a small person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, he's in there with Suge Knight and two other two or three other guys that also look like Suge Knight. <laughs> <laughs> um were there any particular scenes or, you know, any moments that stood out in the movie to you, Eric? Oh, definitely the no Vaseline scene. Um by Felicia, for better or for worse. <laughs> uh Huh. Let me see what else. Definitely the ending, the you know aftermath. Because he does a turnaround. He does like uh, I don't know. It was, it was weird. Is there I, a I, freeze frame too? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but yeah, the no, the no Vaseline sticks out more than anything else. I feel like a, a scene that might have been a cut is like, hey, what are we going to call this album? Straight out of Compton. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I uh the no no Vaseline, that's the one that stands out uh to me also as far as like an actual good scene. Yeah. Um and the <laughs> uh I felt like they're uh, because and uh, you look at the the other guys reaction to it um uh, maybe they didn't want to they uh, wanted to avoid doing it too much as far as Yella being like some comic relief <laughs> cuz he was like yeah, that was pretty good <laughs> you know? and it was it was it's kind of awkward it showed kind of how kind of awkward it was because Cube left the group but they're still friends <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like we know Cube left the group because of he wasn't being compensated as he felt he should have been mm-hmm. Like they understood that you're still friends, yeah. Um, but you know, someone who who wrote that Benedict Arnold line? So Dre said it, but maybe Ren wrote it, probably because he's a better writer than Hugh, right? <laughs> of course. So, um, <laughs> uh, but I, I I think like that scene, like maybe Yellow was supposed to be the comic relief, but maybe they cut it to like, okay, we don't want it to seem that way. <laughs> Um, so there's yeah. no freeze frame. He just says aftermath and credits, and he looks for a second. <laughs> is is, and is his back turns. turned already? Let me see. Yeah, he here. was. Yeah, he had his. He, like he he's going out the door. And like I feel like he around. looks over his shoulder. Yeah, yeah, he does. He looks yeah, over yeah. his shoulder. He turns around. He's walking out the door. 
He says, what are you going to call that? He turns, aftermath. <laughs> Mad. <laughs> he goes, aftermath. And he waits for, he looks for a second. Then he turns and walks. He gives him like a good two second look. He was holding for applause. Yeah. And uh, that, that happened. Hold for applause. <laughs> we didn't know that, you know, the director and the actors were in the theater at the time like, when we were watching the movie. And cut. Beautiful yeah. scene. Yeah. Beautiful scene. The way you held there, beautiful. We're going to we're gonna do it again, though. Hold longer. I want you to hold longer. Like it's a standing ovation hold. <laughs> Oh man, that really was the end. I forgot that was yeah. like the that's the as he just walks out like, and then we just see montages. It's an advertisement if I ever heard one. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, by the way, that dude that said aftermath, he owns Beats. <laughs> um, yeah. I feel that also could have been a commercial. Yeah, it could have been commercial for yeah. Beats. Yeah. yeah. Let's see who'll be Dr. Dre, nineteen ninety five. My God, he's just like his father. Like, <laughs> uh, any other scenes that may have stood out to you, Ben, about the this film? Well, I mean, I know we talked about the scene where he smashes up the office. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked a lot of the performance scenes. So you know, like we know where they're on stage performing. Um. The scene, of course, I mentioned where um, the dude on it in his underwear on the ground, bloodied up, was was like, "What the hell? What is that?" <laughs> um, and I'm trying to think, what else? I think those are really, the, and of course, like I said, the, the 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 turning point of the movie where they're on the ground outside the recording studio, and all of a sudden, racism hits home. You know, that's. <laughs> That was, you know, and then of course, no Vaseline. Him actually in the studio recording no Vaseline was just awesome. It's because it's such a great song, and I love Ice Cube. <laughs> um, the I felt like the scene where uh, E meets Cube in New York or wherever they were mm-hmm. in that club. I feel like that didn't really happen. Hmm. Um, I felt like that, like they they tried to make the scene like they were going to get back together. But I feel like those scenes were like, it, it it didn't, I mean, maybe there were no interviews about it. No one asked the questions, but I really got the feeling that this didn't happen. This was just, you're, you're taking dramatic license as far as you possibly can. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure there was a lot of that in there. I mean, like, I'm not going to say that the police weren't mean, but I'm pretty sure they at least mean them up a little bit. And just like we said with Lonzo, he probably wasn't that over the top, but let's make him over the top. There's, I'm pretty sure there was a, a lot of dramatic license taken in this movie to make for entertainment. Life is rarely this entertaining. Um, another an issue that I had at all, outside of with the film. It sounds like I had many issues with the film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, my primary issue is that as far as it being, a, okay, it had a mostly black cast. It had a black director but you had white screenwriters. Um, I felt that might have taken away from what the film could have been. I don't with with them being so involved in it. I don't think. I mean, like, well, yeah, like like uh, Dre and Cube were involved in it because it's a screenplay of it. 
But I mean, it's not like they're not making this up. You know, this isn't that thing you do. This is yeah, but as far like I said, they're you know, dramatic license is taken pretty far. You know, I think. Okay, well, let's put it this way. I don't, I don't want to blame the the white screenwriters too much, but as far as Dre and Q being involved in the production of it, they may have painted they, themselves. <laughs> they painted themselves a certain way. Oh yeah, yeah for they sure. took the opportunity to paint themselves a certain way. Well, I mean, it's, it's almost kind of like the and because they the... painted themselves a certain way, mm-hmm. then they, out of respect, they painted E a certain way. Yeah, and I mean when you're when you're when you're screenwriters and you're because I mean I don't want to absolve the screenwriters of like you know being perfect or anything. When you're writing a movie like this and you're working very closely with the source material, you, you're not going to skewer them. <laughs> you know you're gonna you know so maybe you do leave out something that they kind of casually mention. Maybe you should leave out or like oh, if we put this scene in there, this makes Dre look bad or this might make Ice Cube look bad. Akin to really any movie that we've seen. I mean, like, let's think about how differently maybe David Ruffin is portrayed if maybe he's involved in that movie. Or, you know, when we talked about how a lot of the people and um, how everyone in the New Edition movie was painted and how, like, only what Ricky we only really Ricky saw his. Lee only actually found out something new. Yeah, his demons. Something, yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, that's, it's, you know, the, the, the winners write history, <laughs> so to speak. So, yeah, um, we're not going to see a lot of the demons of Ice Cube and Dr. Dre to an extent just because I'm involved. And if I don't want you to know it, I don't have to say it. You know, I mean, do you think it would be different if they were black as far as the content of the movie itself or as far as cultural? I feel the content movie, I feel like it would have been, I guess, received different culturally. Uh, I don't yes. even know if most people know that there are white screenwriters. I only knew I this didn't. you mentioned. Yeah. I didn't know. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I, it was nominated for... Best uh, original screen... or Yeah, best original screenplay. Yeah. Um, that's not a category that a lot of black people get nominated for. And no one had ever won until Jordan Peele. Yep, get out. <laughs> um, and he's still but I felt like that was the... That was... <laughs> It, I guess it had to be white screenwriters for it, it even to be made, or or something to that effect. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. And I don't know who the people are. Maybe they went with them just because of. I don't know what what have they done before? What have they done after? Like, were they experienced? Because I mean, this there was a lot of fanfare around this movie before it came out. Um, I got the feeling that maybe it was one of those nostalgia things where it's like, man, NWA is bigger than you remember. <laughs> Cause there was a lot of hype surrounding this movie from people who I never thought listened to NWA. It was a great trailer also. Yeah, it was also, yeah, it was an incredible trailer. Um, and it's a feel good story. Like my kid played yeah. me like it's cool. You know, it's like, <laughs> um, straight at Compton was okay. It's making like, it's his only one. And I mean, it's what the second hip hop biopic after Notorious. No, or well, I mean, we're true? not considering Get Rich or Not Trying. Not at all. And Eight Mile. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of like pseudo biopic. Like it's kind of you know the characters have the fifties. I never saw Get Rich or Not Trying. Me either. I have. I've seen it. Okay, that was your movie watching time. <laughs> what What's funny about that? Another tangent. Whatever. Um, there's a scene where. Uh, his rap name is like Young Caesar or something mm-hmm. like that. But 
when he when he gets shot. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's a scene where, um, like, there was a there was a drug dealer he was working for, and he did something, and it's been a long time, but he did something, and he had to. Uh, he sent a guy who was actually one of Fifty's friends to kill him, and and he shot him, and then he goes back to the guy, and he's like, "Is he dead? Yeah, yeah, he's dead. Are you sure? Like." Like he's dead. Like I shot him like nine times. Like y'all really put that line in the movie. Yeah. And he shot him nine times. Um. Yeah. That that's me. That's the line that kind of stuck. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Uh. Yeah. Um. But it's 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 get rich or die trying is basically fifties eight mile to where it's loosely yeah. based yeah. and they changed mm-hmm. all the names and all that. Right. To protect the innocent. Yeah, <laughs> Dick Wolf, <laughs> Speedweed. <laughs> um, but yeah, for the guy, one of the, Jonathan Herman, this was his first screenplay. Mm-hmm. And for the other writer, Andrea Berloff, um, she had she was a co-writer for World Trade Center. Um, I think that's the Oliver Stone one. Yeah, and. After something called Bloodfather. Oh, Bloodfather? I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) And something called Sleepless. I think that's the one with Jamie Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Yeah. She wrote that one. So, some people who, a couple of people who didn't have a lot of experience. Hmm. So, that's interesting then. That's an interesting choice. Or maybe nobody wanted to touch it. <laughs> that could be the other. I don't know. I don't know. I'd be curious to hear them talk about that. Um, you know, was it, were these people that maybe they knew or maybe did they, you know, how do you, because I don't, I don't know much about how screenwriters get chosen in the first place. If you get a director, then you get a script or do you get a script and then it gets green lit and you get a direct. I don't know. But it'd be interesting. Because I want to, I want to think that like when you're, you know, I mean, Dre and Dre and, and um, Cube are legends. You know, Dre probably more relevant now than ever. Um, and Ice Cube who makes family movies. <laughs> Maybe that's how he knew them. I don't know. But it's you got to like you got to think like they could pick their screenwriters. Hmm. You would think. I don't know. That's some, I think that's something we should look into though, because I'd be curious to know how some very inexperienced screenwriters got to make a biopic that was this hyped. That's 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 actually very curious. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> as far as other hip hop movies go, uh, there aren't a lot of hip hop biopics out there. Notorious, All Eyes on Me. I think that's it. Um, yeah, there's there are, there in are, theaters. Yeah, right. there are others that were um, loosely based, like Eight Mile, uh, Get Rich or Die Trying. Uh, what about the Fat Boys? No. No. Well, Distorted were they in Crush Groove? I'm just that's know. loosely based. <laughs> that's, yeah. the, that's the, well, yeah, that's that's the Def Jam based. story, the <laughs> loosely based Def Jam story, um, in which everyone played themselves except for Russell Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> like, even Rick Rubin played himself. <laughs> um, well, I guess we don't have a lot of, a lot of, uh, options here as far no. as like com- as far as like comparing 
how the, in comparing the films, right? I get we only have uh, a one about Biggie and one about Tupac. Yep. Um, do you think there's any other hip hop artist that deserves like we want to know their life story? Jay Z for sure. I know that might be a, an overrated choice, but Jay Z went from like you know drug dealer to household name he's on you know ellen and oprah you know he's sitting on the stoop with her but um the the fact that popped out most to me was that he shot his brother i want to see that scene Uh, like what leads to that like what follows that Mm -hmm. he's also one of my favorite rappers but he he popped in my head first there's Would, would there be a what did you want to say? Well, no, I say there's a, a page I found on xxlmag.com, seven hip hop biopics to check out after Straight Outta Compton. Yeah. Uh, oh. Seven? Yes. Yeah, seven. <laughs> please, please listen. Yeah. You're not going to believe them. <laughs> so, right off the bat, Aaliyah, the princess of R&B. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Yeah, TV oh, movie. I haven't there, seen that. Yeah, uh, wait, okay. did it say hip hop, by the way? Yeah, this, this said hip hop on xxlmag.com. Um, biopic two, crazy, sexy, cool. The TLC I knew that story. Was coming next. I knew it was coming next. <laughs> I've it, seen that one. I've, I've sort oh, okay. of seen it. So these are okay, and of course it says based off the life and the career of Aaliyah. This, of course, crazy, sexy, cool. The rise of TLC. Uh, biopic four. I had never heard of this. Dirty, the platinum edition. The life and career of the old dirty bastard. This premiered at the uh, New Ho Film Festival in 2013. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't know there was one. Yeah. Um, A film by Steven Turner is what it says. Um, Then, of course, Notorious, The Life and Career of Notorious B.I.G. Get Richard Dot Tryon, The Life and Career. They put The Life and Career of a 50 Cent. That's what it's based off, but of course, you know. Eight Mile. And then, last but certainly not least, and Greg, I can't believe you forgot this. Too legit. The MC Hammer story. (laughs) (laughs) The life and career that might be the greatest of MC Hammer. I wouldn't know. Is uh, did that list come out before Straight Outta Compton? This is since Straight Outta Compton. So it was we oh, after, right after right. Too legit. Have you seen? Well, you I haven't, haven't seen it. Did you know that it existed no, before just now? I know he had a cartoon, Hammer Man. Hammer Man. That was all. Awesome. Hammer Man. <laughs> Hammer Man. Too legit to quit. The MC Hammer story was. Uh, it was on VH1. Okay. A VH1 original movie, of course. It had uh, Romany Malco, who you may know as uh, he was Jay in the Forty Year Old Virgin. Okay. Um, and he was in the only movie I can think of he was in was like Think Like a Man, <laughs> but he was uh, he played he played uh, the title character, <laughs> the titular character. <laughs> um, it's something we're checking out because it, it just seem it just seems so weird. All of a sudden, um, he just became this. I'm still trying to find out who is Two B Smooth and Soul Lixer because those are the two groups he went on tour with with his first album, uh. and like he was the opening act. But because if you've seen footage of what a Hammer show is, like fifty dancers, yeah. this band. He was the opening act, and they're telling him, hey, you got to dial it back for the other guys. <laughs> <laughs> and then he eventually became the headliner on this same tour. Uh, 
I'm like, but wow. who is to be smooth and so, <laughs> so <laughs> to where they're the headliners even to begin with? Um, so since yeah. you t- since you were talking about what should be made, I found a few pages where they say, you know, these are the next movies that need to be made. Is this the same list from after our new edition episode? Mm-mm, I don't think so. Oh, because there um, was one. There was a list uh, for our new edition episode that BET should make one about boys to men. Okay, no, uh, man, that's not. They should make one about. Uh, I can't remember who else on. The, oh, uh, they should make one about. They should make one about immature. Oh, I, oh, God. <laughs> I was like, that's going to be written and directed by Chris Stokes. So yeah, he can control everything. yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, that one would be interesting. I, I was going to talk about, we'll rant about how uh, R&B stories aren't that interesting to me, or I don't see them having the potential to be interesting to me because rappers, I don't know, you're more attached to their individual mm-hmm. personalities. You know, with boy bands, you have, you know, the bad boy, the, yeah. the sexy one, <laughs> the shy one, you know, like I, I don't know, but uh, but yeah, immature. That'd be interesting for sure. So it says here, number one, of course, you mentioned Jay Z. Yeah. Uh, number two, Gucci Mane. Well, he's getting. He, there's Did they one say that's made. what they want. Oh, it is, isn't it? Okay, yeah, we talked about that. They, they've got to include the uh, cloning scene. What? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, number three, UGK. I, I think that'd be interesting. Yeah, I mean it would it would have to be. Not a lot is is talked about as far as like hip hop in Texas. Mm-mm. Like they have a scene out there, and for a very short time, that was what everyone was paying attention to. Yeah, and it wasn't and it wasn't UGK at the center of that though. But they're like, I would understand if you know a movie being made about them. Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five is number four. Okay. And then number five, and I don't know if I agree with this, Lil' Kim. I mean, the surgeries are interesting. You know, the relationship yeah. with Biggie. I mean. Will Smith and Jazzy J is another, another one they're saying. Oh, I could, I could I see, see that, that yeah. one. Yeah. Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> That'd too, be too many of them. Too many people. <laughs> and then A Tribe Called Quest, which actually was... It's like the Infinity War of uh, rap movies. <laughs> Wu-Tang would work if they did like a kung fu movie. <laughs> yeah, for okay. some reason, I think a kung fu movie would would work. What about so? There's actually two on here. One person we've talked about, and one group that we've never covered on here. Two Live Crew, being one of them, and the other, Scott Storch. As a movie, as a movie, Scott Storch. I mean, it'll be him working with Dr. Dre and Timbaland, and then Snort lots of coke. scenes doing doing cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can write anything. <laughs> and then the last scene is that interview on Sway in the Morning where he has his keyboard and he's playing. What are you going to call it? It's still DRE. I mean, since you mentioned Sway, uh, Kanye, Kanye's been on a journey that I would like to see the behind. Yeah, the Kanye, I, know, and I don't know why he hasn't appeared on any of these lists that I'm looking. I've looked at like five different lists. He's nowhere near. Well, maybe because people feel like, like this movie can't be written yet. Like, yeah, it can <laughs> yeah. start, you know, when right. he's young and, you know, he wants to make music and, you know, mom yeah. wants him to go to school, but mom, I want to do this. And, yeah. you know, kind of have the, you know, the center of can be the relationship with him and his mom. But as far as 
what's happened after she passed that part is still being written yeah i'm still i'm seeing the trailer in my head right now and for some reason i see that scene where like they kind of flash light and they're like and it's like i just you know my jaw has to be wired (laughs) and then the next scene is him like rapping i'm gonna spit through the wire (laughs) that that that'd be interesting as fuck but that is kind of why i put jay-z over kanye because his interesting days are pretty i don't know i don't know they might not be over but he's a very private person and then and then like and the thing is like where a lot of biopics are made like after yeah you know, someone's dead that's not you know, dead or they're alive yeah there's certain points you gotta stop like with jay-z when he meets beyonce that's the end of the movie i don't know man solange Ele- elevator fright blue ivy being born maybe I that'll be the like part of the montage of a trailer oh, or we something. gotta we gotta see the yeah we gotta see the elevator <laughs> now, fight this is no, actually stop. really good <laughs> or like he he meets beyonce right and he they're like smiling at each other and solange is right there like just with the questioning look on her face <laughs> like who is this guy <laughs> <laughs> she's the shook knight of the movie <laughs> Um, this is interesting. This is on Billboard, 15 hip-hop biopics we want to see, and they put who they think should play the people. Okay. Okay. All right. Who you got? So, number one up, Nick Cannon as Diddy. (laughs) Fuck you. See, this is why I hate this. (laughs) It's got them side by side. I'm not even... I can't make this up. Next is Michael B. Thompson as T.I. Why they put Michael B. Thompson? Michael B. Michael Jordan. B. Michael B. Jordan? Yeah, it's Michael B. Jordan. They put Michael B. Thompson. They need to... Michael B. Jordan's way too famous to play T.I. T.I. No. T. I needs Wood to try Harris to play Michael as B. 50 Jordan. Cent. He's too skinny to play him. <laughs> now I think they're joking. And Kevin he's like Hart. a whole lot older. Kevin Hart is Lil Wayne. Get the fuck out. I hate these. <laughs> <laughs> what side is this? What side is this? I just said I hate these. And now Omar we see Epps as Nas. <laughs> Snoop Dogg as... Snoop Dogg, <laughs> Tristan Wilde as Drake, Nate. Who is Nate Parker? Oh, as Birth of the Nation. Yeah, Birth okay. of the Nation. Okay, they're just picking black people. Yeah, Tyler Dre is Kenny Thompson. What? <laughs> Tyler Perry is Rick Ross. <laughs> Did I say I hate these? Derek this Luke is, is Kanye West. It's Billboard. Jay Farrow is Jay Z. That's be just because he does the voice. Yeah, he does the voice. <laughs> What is Nicki Minaj? No. Who is Nicki Minaj? Raven Simone. Get the fuck out. Taraj <laughs> P. Henson, T- Henson as Lil' Kim. Joss Hutcherson as Eminem? Actually, I could kind of see that. Actually, yeah, I could actually see that. None of those will ever happen. And as you... Thank as God. With these hip-hop... Uh, with the biopics, it's got to be someone we've never seen nope. before. Yep. Tristan Wilde's... Oh, that'd be hilarious! Just like with uh, with Straight Outta Compton, uh, the only person I had seen in something before was uh, Paul Giamatti. Uh, maybe yeah, Paul, was Paul Giamatti and uh, Neil Neil Brown who played Yella because he he's on Insecure. He was on Insecure. Oh, I think. you're right. Yeah, <laughs> was he's Insecure on a, out um, back then? Hmm? Was Insecure out back then? Yeah, the first season. Okay, was it? I don't what? think it was. No, his first season of Insecure was 2016. Yeah, Awkward Black Girl was a thing, you know. He Okay. Hmm. Maybe he was in something else I had seen uh, before then. I, rec- I recognize his face, at yeah. least. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't that. Um, yeah. I remember uh, 
Ice Cube did a you know a BET cipher with his two sons, and O'Shea was one of the rappers. I don't remember how his verse was, but I remember that being a thing. Did I see him on a TV show? It's killing, yeah. I want to think hmm. I've seen Aldous Hodge on something. I I seen him on Friday Night Lights. Yeah. And an episode of Cold Case. <laughs> lady with, wait a minute. That's the lady with the crazy hair, right? The blonde chick? Is that Cold Case? The CBS uh, show? Yeah. Yeah. The, the the detective? Yeah, she just used to like look off into the distance like a deer in headlights. <laughs> I'm trying to make sure yes. I'm correct. You know. Yeah, they uh, yeah. Took yeah, place in Philadelphia, solved old cases. Public. Yeah. Yeah. Go- Google her here. Um, I'm I'm gonna Google her here now. <laughs> Says he's also on Die Hard with a Vengeance. That's a long time ago. Mm-hmm. He was a baby or something, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Probably what is Samuel L. Jackson's kids or something? I think he had two sons in the movie. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Yeah. Um, see anything else? Do you think there's anything else I wanted to add here? Uh, I don't have So anything. how do you feel about the movie now that we've talked about it? Do you still feel the same? Probably does. We haven't done anything to convince him otherwise. No, like I still I I still don't like it all that much. I don't I don't really care for it. Would you call it the best hip hop biopic thus far? Compared to and only comparing it to MC Notorious <laughs> and All Eyes on Me yep. and Too Legit to Quit, the MC Hammer story. Um it certainly had the most resources put behind it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think it would. I guess by default, because <laughs> yeah. Notorious wasn't that great. I'll take um, it. Then they tried to make it as flashy as possible, but it didn't. Um, I haven't seen all, all Lies on Me and nothing. I, I, there's nothing to convince me that I should see it. What if you could see, see it for free? I could see it for free. I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> I, I can watch it after we it. watch it get out. <laughs> I could have seen it for free and before and I'm mm, mm. not that interested. Um, and nothing against the actors in it. Uh, I've never seen it either. Don't feel bad. <laughs> It looked pretty bad. <laughs> He's not going to feel bad. He hasn't seen Black Panther yet. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't feel bad. Uh, and if they're including Eight Mile, well, if we're not including Eight Mile and we're not, in, we're not including those. Yeah. Um, we're not including Crush Groove either. Mm. What about Fear of a Black Cat? That was a documentary, more or nah, like. Nah, <laughs> nah, nope. I, by, by default, <laughs> I guess it's straight out of Compton. But I'll take it. When you. If people who have you know read and 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 know some things, like a lot of stuff is is left out, and to where it never it doesn't feel like a complete story, and it looks like, um, like controlling the the narrative as Cube and Dre got to do, they got to paint themselves. Like we said, they got to paint themselves however they really wanted to, mm-hmm. and they didn't paint Ren or Yella at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's yeah. 
but I think. I mean, and honestly, it seems like I was the the perfect audience for it because I was a little bit too young to like know the nitty gritty <laughs> details. It's just like, oh, I've heard this music before. Oh, it was cool, you know. Yeah, you weren't sitting there like, wait a minute. Yeah, that's not how. Where's Michelet? Where's What's D Barnes? What yeah. the? Dre hit more women than that. <laughs> <laughs> And they made it seem like Easy E got AIDS on accident. Yeah. By firing his uh Oh yeah. Got AIDS by firing his manager. <laughs> if I can find that, that was man, Dave Chappelle. Long live. Um that's that's all I got for it. Yeah. Hooray. You should watch it a third time. <laughs> 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 Through new eyes, you know? <laughs> 